is, it's me, it's TRG, the rambling gambler, a vest wearing, ring wearing, trail hawk driving, wheeling, dealing, but never kiss stealing, son of a plumbing salesman. Welcome to the 39th episode of our Casino Combat Podcast. In numerology, the number 39's creativity tends to be focused on benefiting large groups of people rather than only benefiting individual persons. Okay, so point one. Not a big numerology expert, but it appears to me that in numerology, a lot of numbers deal with basically the same thing, right? Seems that way. Maybe the fours will be different. Maybe when we get to 40, maybe that's completely different. We'll find out. Uh, point two. Um, with that said, this episode of the podcast is very much a group effort and in some very neat ways, at least to me, very neat ways. Let me make sure I can't be sued, and then I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary persons, the ghost of the man who sang, it's 1035 in the heartland, make your move or you never will. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty, minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. <laughs> well, um, yeah, uh, some, some Rosewood bitters in that disclaimer, um, for sure. But all right, um, group creativity. We've got that this week. I've always said that this podcast is a group effort, but much of that is behind the scenes with people I've known for years or decades. But this week, we have contributions from three listeners, and this has been my hopes from the beginning, that over time, this podcast would evolve into listeners helping me and each other get better at using casino gambling as a side hustle and a lifestyle extension. I'm not going to say that with a tear in my eye, this is a, the greatest day of my life. Uh, I wouldn't want to borrow that from Richard, but I'm pretty psyched that the podcast is moving in that direction, that group contribution, all of us helping each other direction. I'm going to start us with a questions my sons asked segment this week and talk through those contributions from our Casino Combat squad mates. Um, Billy with the great last name has been seeing a recurring theme online of people discussing how to select a hotel reward systems uh, system when going to Las Vegas for the first time. And he's been handing out our kind of internal group standard response and a lot of people have shared that they never thought about that approach to the, to the, the question. So since having and using a rewards card is one of the core concepts, I thought we would do a quick segment on that today. I traveled some this week, and I'll share those results with you probably fairly quickly because I don't have much in the way of observations, really kind of just results. But I did get a very unique, fun, kind of interesting experience uh, that I'm going to call TRG and the Middle Circle of Madness, and I'll share that with you in today's uh, VIP lounge. Look, it could be a teachable moment, but you folks have heard that lesson before, and you'll probably hear it again if you listen long enough. So we're just going to have some sips and hopefully an entertaining story of the kind that gets swapped in a casino VIP lounge. I always like to help out new listeners and tell them the basics, so let's run down that list uh, as quickly as we can. Item one, I wrote an ebook on how I play slots, because you shouldn't be able to repeatedly profit on a monthly basis playing slots. But almost two years ago, I created an EBR, Experimental Bankroll, 
and started testing an idea for playing slot machines like I play blackjack or Bach. And either I'm just having a randomly good two years, and Billy with the great last name T-Rex and Mrs. TRG are also having unusually long success with it, or it works. I mean, I don't know, and your mileage may vary, but if you want a copy of the ebook, it's fully free, and if you email me via trg at casinocombat.com, a bot named Fred will email you a link to download a copy of the book. The golden fan, queen of the inner circle, first to the ring, and master of details, second to the ring, both used clues in the podcast to play the game of what casino is TRG's home casino. They both figured it out and received a custom one-of-a-kind shirt and membership in the inner circle of Casino Combat. My home casino is called Casino 2. I've been consistent with that label since episode three of this podcast. Figure out the name of that casino in real life and email it to me. You win the game and join the inner circle. There are POP, P-O-P, culture references in the podcast. I call them casino chips. I tell you how many to look for at the end of each episode at the end of the VIP lounge. If you find them in the episode, email me and we will sort out a reward of some type. The longer we go without someone figuring it out, the better the reward will be. Casino Combat has a YouTube channel. There is a playlist called Boot Camp that teaches all of the core concepts in about 90 minutes. If you know someone that wants to learn or you need to review something specific, that's the place to go. That's item three. Item four, on our website, we have links to our Facebook page, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. T-Rex and Billy with the great last name do a great job of handling that for me. We all appreciate likes, shares, subscriptions, reviews, etc. Those things that matter so much on social media to help other people know that we're here and we'd like to help them. Item five, I would love to buy you a drink. The next time you are in a casino having a drink, take a picture of some combination of yourself and your drink. Find us on one of our social media platforms and post that picture and a shout out to us. The guys are looking for them. I'm looking for them. We will get in touch with you and Venmo or PayPal you $7 to buy your drink. And you can buy me a drink by going to anchor.fm slash casino combat and clicking on the donate button. Donate whatever you are comfortable with. And when I buy my next drink in a casino, I will take a picture and shout you out on social media as a thank you. So the lawyers are happy. We know how we are going to be creative to help the group. And anyone who just joined us at least knows the basics. Let's do questions my sons ask. What? What? My sons ask questions, listeners ask questions, and now listeners also contribute information for all of us to share. And I wanted to use this segment today to share those contributions with all of you and to share an excellent question I got from the captain of the Cali Casino Combat Squad. So let's dig in. First up, Madeline M. sent a note with her email requesting a copy of the ebook. She wanted to share that the last time she was at the Harrah's in Biloxi, that's Mississippi, with her boyfriend, she noticed that they are currently matching the tier level from competing casinos over to the diamond tier. That's the third tier. That's the one that gets you the, the no resort fees from them um, at that particular casino. So Madeline, thanks for letting me know. That way I can let everyone else know. I really appreciate you taking the time to include that information in your ebook request. Next, Ice Cream Man sent me a note to let me know that he had just listened to episode 14 and that the lay and odds bets on craps do not earn tier credits at most casinos since the house has no advantage on those wagers. Now, I knew that, for instance, poker and sports betting didn't earn many points because the house wasn't really in the wager. They were just more acting as a referee on those wagers. But I didn't know that there were table games that generate no tier points. 
I mean, once I've been educated, now that I know, I mean, it, it makes sense. The house has no advantage. Why would they give you points? I mean, I get it, but I didn't know. I've said almost since episode one that I feel like I've learned a lot over a lot of years, but I know I don't know everything. And I love it when people that know more than me fill in a gap in my information. If you didn't listen last week, Ice Cream Man is a gambler and he works in the casino industry. So when he shares something with us, we can believe it. Thanks, ICM. We really appreciate it. Uh, okay. Uh, Billy just texted me a question he took on Facebook asking about coffee makers in rooms in Las Vegas. Uh, what the heck? I know this answer right off the top of my head. So bonus content. We'll just do that here now. Um, and, uh, That'll take care of that for everybody in case any of you are wondering. Appliances in Las Vegas hotel rooms vary from property to property and room type to room type. Strangely, most rooms do not have coffee makers. I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't notice this as much as other people. I often say that drinking coffee is one of the bad habits that I didn't pick up in college. Just one of the very few I didn't pick up in college, if I'm being transparent. But I know a bunch of coffee drinkers that go to Vegas regularly and they have strategies for handling this and they've shared those with me over the years. For instance, my friends Jack and the Lady Die um, buy a cheap coffee maker at a big box store before every trip, pack it in their suitcase and pitch it at the end of the trip. The amount of money they save on coffee and the time they save not going down to the lobby or to the restaurant for coffee more than pays for the inexpensive coffee maker. I know people who do the same thing, but they buy the coffee maker in Vegas on the way to the hotel from the airport. Finally, I know one person with a very strong opinion about how their coffee should be made who ships a higher-end coffee maker to the hotel a few days before they leave and then has the hotel ship it back to them at the end of the trip. I would not go that far, but then again, I'm not a coffee drinker. Let's quickly run down the rest of the appliances while we're on this topic. Um... Uh, some hotel rooms have a fridge and some do not. Some suites have a full size fridge. Some suites have a full size fridge. Ask before you go if it's important to you. Just call them and ask. Most hotels will put a fridge in your room for a small fee if you ask for one and most of them will waive that charge if you tell them you need it to store medication, which creates kind of one of those heroes and crooks dilemmas, right? Do you tell them it's for medication when you just want to keep your wine and snacks cold? As all these, I always do with these heroes and crooks things, you guys figure that out, right? You guys decide if that's a, a hero or a crook move to, uh, to say it's for medication when it's not. Finally, uh, not a lot of people know this, but most of the major casinos on the Strip, if you need a microwave, the front desk will send up one of those for a small fee. But the only way I know of to avoid that fee would be to like get in touch with a host and, and see if a host will comp that out for you. Very impromptu, didn't plan that, but there you go. Appliances in Las Vegas. Back to your regularly planned podcast. Uh, COC, the captain and Callie and I were messaging uh, some this week, back and forth. He's been doing some casino combat for a while now, which is to say he has incorporated casino combat techniques into his gambling. I'm not going to share any of his private information, but to paraphrase, I would say he is playing his own version of my Meta Martingale strategy, TRG Wagering System 3, if you recall and having some success with it. We talked about some possible tweaks to his game, but his question that I responded to privately and wanted to talk with all of you about was, do you have, you being me, do you, TRG, have a percentage of tables that you win at? 
I know you give results, but I was wondering if I'm doing something wrong. Or do winning tables occur only maybe 55% of the time? And that extra 5% gives you the winning for the month. This is a tremendous question. And it's actually not a question I had thought to consider. It's not a number of mine that I had ever looked at. But he's seeing it differently. And once again, that's us being a group. And that's why I wanted to bring this to you. See, this question is an application of Casino Wisdom number 99. And this is the most important of the Casino Wisdoms. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your gambling. But I know my numbers. So while I had never considered this question, I was able to answer this question very precisely. So, pulled up last month's numbers. Um, and obviously this varies from month to month. And I may start reporting this to you every month. I'm going to try because I think it's an excellent thing for all of you to know. And an excellent thing for me to know, honestly. I just never thought to look at it. But last month, 40.9% of tables were losing tables. And 59.1% of tables were winning tables. So yes, a small percentage of tables create the table portion of last month's win. I, I took a quick look, and that appears to be generally consistent month to month, most for the most part. Upper to mid 50%, sometimes a low 60% value. And I have a lot of tables with a win of 9 to 11 units. And I leave a lot of tables after losing 6 to 8 units. That gap is created by my positive and negative exit points. That gap is how you can finish with a and have a winning month, even if you just manage to be a little better than 50-50 on winning versus losing. And think about that. That makes sense in, in, in a lot of ways, in both a forwards and a backwards kind of way, in my mind. The house is comfortable at blackjack with winning 30 cents approximately, 28 to 40% depending on the rules, or 28 to 40 cents depending on the rules, out of every 100 wagered. With what I do with casino combat, with the techniques here, if we're getting ahead of the house 5 or 6% of the time, and that's generating us, call it a 3-unit profit every time, that's us being the house. Or that's us turning the house advantage against them by good techniques. And here's the other thing. What does Casino Wisdom number 38 teach us? Luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation. Sometimes a table just runs and runs and runs in a positive direction. As long as we are prepared to play until the results tell us to leave and we have the ability and discipline to continue playing whatever game we have selected properly, those opportunities generate the bigger wins. And they don't come around very often. On August 1st, Mrs. TRG and I won money at two different tables for hours. Both tables for both of us, just boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, just stayed winning. And then honestly, we didn't do much more than play even the rest of the month. And a few months later, we had an entire month where we just won a little, lost a little, and never really had a big win. Those months happen as well. But here's the thing the small, the big losses, I shouldn't say small, the big losses. The losing and losing and losing and losing and losing at the table, those don't happen because we don't sit there and do that. We're also prepared, or we should be, to just walk away. And that's the great thing. That's what these techniques that we talk about here each week, that's what they're all about. And table wins in the single digits generate the profits. And a quick word about points, because uh, COC was also a little bit concerned that these short runs at the table were impacting points. 
From everything I've learned, subject to a more informed person correcting me, casinos don't care if you play at one table for hours or six tables for the same amount of hours. They care how long you play each day, at what average wager amount, and what house advantage. That all goes into a formula. Well, I guess we call them algorithms now, not formulas. But anyway, it all goes into the algorithm, and that algorithm indicates how much you are expected to lose, and that expected loss level determines your comps. Thank you, COC, for bringing that excellent question to our discussion, and I hope my other suggestions for you personally are helpful. There we go. That was some great creativity from everyone involved, and it benefits the group. Perfect. Let's do the core concept segment next. One of the core concepts of Casino Combat is to have and use a player's card to generate benefits, comps, and gifts. A lot of people going to Las Vegas for the first time wonder where to stay, what reward system to join as part of that stay. And Casino Combat, as part of the core concepts, has a very nuanced response to this concern. It's actually summed up in Casino Wisdom number 19. If you have a choice, pick the reward system that's better for you. One of the ways we like to help people choose what's best for them is to talk about geography. And that's kind of a different take on, on this, where do I select? It's, uh, you know, often the, the person thinking through this is thinking about what's the best place to stay in Vegas? What's the most fun this? What's the best swimming pool? And if you're just going for one trip, that's a, a no-brainer. I mean, in the sense that pick whatever that makes sense in your mind. And we can help with that. If it's a pool, we can help. If it's shopping, we can help. But uh, we think geography is often the best way to look at this. For instance, my Australian mate, you might remember him from several episodes back, um, he traveled to Las Vegas once every year and gambled enough to get to the third tier, the diamond tier of Caesar's reward system, so that when he returned the following year, he would have plenty of comps and benefits to enjoy. Caesar's gives bonus tier credits. And I don't remember them off the top of my head, so don't quote me on this. But for example, if you earn 500, they give you 100. If you earn 1,000, they give you a bonus 1,000. If you earn 5,000, they give you a bonus 10,000. So if you can earn 5,000 in one visit, or in one day actually, they're going to give you a bonus 10,000 and you're going to be diamond in one day. And that bonus tier credit piece made it easier for him to get to the third tier with Caesars than with MGM. His geography, admittedly, on the other side of the globe, and having no regular access to American gambling brands, led him to be loyal to Caesars. So that is kind of the first thing to sort out. Are you going to be gambling in Las Vegas? Do you need to, it's, is it a short period of time? Do you need those bonus points? So that's kind of the first thing to sort out. Are you only going to be gambling in Las Vegas? If so, you can pick any brand you like and be loyal to them fairly easily. And for some people, that makes a lot of sense. Vegas is a couple-hour drive. It's a cheap flight. They're there all the time. If you're picking a brand on the Strip and your gambling's basically only going to be in Las Vegas, I would strongly suggest considering the MGM brand because, in my opinion, they have a wider range of property options, low-end to high-end. I think Caesars can, can compete with any specific high-end room or restaurant that MGM offers, but to my mind... MGM has more high-end options, more variety. And their lower-end options go way further down the scale than Caesar's options as I, as I see things. 
So if your geography means most of your gambling will be done in Vegas, either because you can drive there or, as I said, flights are cheap from where you live, we advise people to see if there's any reason they wouldn't want to start with the MGM brand. But geography is a limitation for selecting MGM also. Outside of Las Vegas, MGM only operates six resorts and a few slot parlors. For most of the middle of North America, there is nothing close by. So as a result, taking geography into account, for most of that portion of North America, Caesars, My Choice, or even Boyd will provide options to continue the Las Vegas relationship if the first-time visitor is interested in that after they return home. And that's why geography is the primary criteria that we at Casino Combat, spelled with a K of course, used to advise people on selecting a Vegas brand for a first trip to Las Vegas. So there we go. Travel segment next. Let's look at where I went and what the gambling results were for this week. As the sounder to start this segment indicates, a lot of my travel involves driving, which means day and night, good conditions and bad. Sometimes all you can do is drive through the night Head for the light, try to hold it on the road. Thank God for the man who puts the white lines on the highway. Luckily, only short trips and not much travel troubles this week. I I started out doing going a couple hours south to a a my choice property that doesn't have a hotel, so it's rarely a a choice for uh, a couple's weekend getaway for that reason. I like this property a great deal. Not only is it part of a national brand, unlike my local casino. But where my local casino normally has 12 seats with playable blackjack rules, this property has 21 or more seats with playable rules at the same time of day. My plan going in was three tables and three slot machines. But the first two tables ran longer, partially because of the events involving TRG and the middle circle of madness. And there was enough demand for seats that waiting for a third table would have made the drive home a later, more dark drive that I wanted to avoid, (laughs) for the reasons I just talked about. So after the second table, I had a win of about one day's pay with two winning tables total, one minor slot win, and two minor slot losses. And I wanted to play another table, and as I was deciding, I didn't want to wait and then spend the time needed to properly play a third table. I decided, you know what, from a point point of view, I decided to play two more slot machines to replace the points I was going to miss on the tables. And both slots were losing machines, although the one generated a lot of points before I finally hit that negative exit. In the end, the slots wiped out a good chunk of the win, and in hindsight, hindsight's always 20-20, I'd have been better off skipping them other than the point side of it. It was a winning trip, but a very small winning trip. On Friday, um, Mrs. TRG had a day off work, and we both had some minor free play at our local casino, so we made a quick visit, and I do mean really quick, in and out in about 45 minutes. Her free play win was larger than the amount of free play she was given, and she uh, played another slot machine with our money and had a winning machine there as well. I managed to find an open blackjack seat, and just very quickly, like, one one lost one one two started my positive progression progressed all the way up win 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 all the way up till my max bet of two and a half units and then won like three of those max bets before losing a few hands and leaving the table we had a nice win on my free slot play as well and so in the end in and out quickly with a nice win all told for the week we won about a day's pay nothing special but very minimal visits and a nice way to start uh, to start the month and just to kind of look forward for a minute here as we talk about travel 
we are planning to travel this weekend as a couple to our home casino. And it looks like the master of details is planning to be there on Sunday morning. So we're going to get to know him a little better, hopefully, and meet him in person. Uh, Mrs. TRG is fully vaccinated because she's a school teacher and she would really like to go to Las Vegas for part of her spring break. So we are planning that trip for early next month. And the plan at the moment is to use the room food beverage comps that I have at Tropicana to stay there for the first time ever and form an opinion of our newest Vegas option. And then we'll spend some time at Caesars. But uh, while we're at Tropicana, um, since that's right across the street from Excalibur and I have a really tiny bit of free play and a room comp, I'm going to book a one night stay, walk across the street, check in long enough to see and evaluate what a low level comp room looks like and kind of find out if my opinion is well well based or if I've just listened to rumors and and uh, people unhappy about normal stuff. And maybe I'll decide that I would stay at Excalibur after all. At this point, the plan is check in, seam room quality, play small free play, slot play, and leave. And of course, you'll hear all about that. So that's kind of the look forward. And that's it for the travel this week. I told you we were probably going to hit it quick, tell you what happened, and, and move on. So... Join me in the VIP lounge, and I'm going to tell you the tale of TRG and the Middle Circle of Madness, which happened this week. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Our lounge is open. Everything is as it should be this week. Both still and sparkling water, locally handcrafted pop, and artisanal sodas. And, of course, all your favorite virtual everything. If it's a great virtual bottle, we have it guaranteed. <laughs> um, I'm going to have an and a banana this week. Look that one up, folks. It's strange, but a good one. Grab something you like in reality, as long as you're not driving. Find a seat, and I'm going to share the story of TRG and the Middle Circle of Madness. Quick note, I think these stories work best if the characters have names. So when things like this happen, I often assign names based on something quick, easy, obvious, something that sticks in my head, something I'm going to remember later. Literally, Guardian, you remember the Jets friend from Vegas, who still has not checked in, by the way, if you were wondering. Um, he got his name because he was wearing a faded t-shirt that said Guardian. Just one word, Guardian. And that caught my attention because I didn't know if that was a team or an insurance or he was describing himself didn't know stuck in my head so that's where names come from right uh, i'm not typecasting anybody i'm not doing any of that i'm just trying to make the story work and and convey something interesting in a fun way the other note that i could have made i could have made this story all about playing correctly but our first character didn't appear to understand how to play for a profit and the other two characters were clearly playing for entertainment not profit so I just wanted to share the mad madness with you and skip the teaching on this one. And I guess always the whole story before the story about the story <laughs> with me. But here we go. TRG and the middle circle of madness. So when I find the first table on my trip south, the Michelin man is playing the center circle at the table. And after a few hands, he colors up and he gets up and he leaves and he walks away. And Mrs. Great Braid starts to sit down and is asked by the dealer to wait so the seat and table can be sanitized. She, she waits while we play a hand, myself and another gentleman at the table, and the Michelin Man return. And little did I know, the madness had actually begun at that moment. He is saying, gonna play my profit, gonna play my profit. 
and holding a single green chip. So he walked away for enough time for a hand to be played and a conversation to be had with the dealer and another player. And usually that amount of time helps me make better decisions about gambling. And maybe this was his better decision. He decided to return. I suspect it was the madness. Stick with me. So he's sitting there saying, going to play my profit, going to play my profit, which reminds me a little of Gollum calling the one ring in the Lord of the Rings, my precious. So I start paying a little more attention to him. Obviously, it appeared to me he had left the table up exactly $25, one green chip, because that's what he's holding his hand saying, going to play my profit, going to play my profit. So he bets his profit and he wins the hand and repeating, going to play my profit. He now makes a $50 bet. The green chip and the green chip he won. His next hand is a 10 against a dealer's 7. He should double. He clearly knows he should double. But he shakes his head and says, I'm only playing my profit. I'm only playing my profit. He gets a 2. And he hits, since I guess he knows that hitting 12 against a 7 is the correct play. Now, he gets a 10. And he leaves even, saying, had to play my profit. So instead of a $25 profit that he had just a few minutes prior... He now is just even. And a corner of my brain is saying, if Trucker Mike was here, he knows what's coming next. And I think I do too. Of course, he would have been right. Trucker Mike would have been right. And I would have been right. The dealer has eight under for a total of 15 and would have busted on the 10 the Michelin man took that he wouldn't have taken if he had doubled. He could have increased his winnings from $50 to $150 if he hadn't been so focused on playing his profit. Or if he'd have walked out with just his profit. So after another sanitation, Mrs. Great Braid sits down and I quickly realize this particular betting circle may be the cause of all the weirdness. Wait, no, not weirdness, madness. Sorry, we are using madness here for alliteration and the pop culture reference that it creates. Almost immediately, Mrs. Great Braids is dealt a pair of threes against a dealer's ten. And of course, she's in the grips of the madness and she splits them even though she shouldn't. She gets an 8 on the first of her two cards for a total of 11, which would normally be a double. And that's also the entire reason why you split in the first place, to get more money on the table so that you can get 10s and 11s so that you can double to get more money on the table. So, of course, caught up in the madness, she doesn't double. She takes a card and gets a 6 for a total of 17, and that would normally be a stay. But no, she takes another card on her 17 and busts. Hand ruined. First hand of two ruined. Her first card on the second three is a three, and she doesn't split it again uh, because of the madness, I assume. (laughs) Um, Later, she splits tens against a dealer's eight showing, gets a five as the first card on the first split, and doesn't take a card to improve her hand. She gets a ten as the second card on her second hand and doesn't split again. At this point, I can understand that she was just gambling for entertainment and would stop when her money was gone. Her money went, and she stopped. The spot was marked for sanitation, and she came up and asked if her husband, Mr. Great Braids, could play without it being sanitized since they were married. The dealer said that was fine, and Mr. Great Braids sits down, and his first hand is, of course, a pair of fours against a dealer's ace. Before the dealer had even checked to see if he had a blackjack, I could see it in the man's eyes. He been completely pulled in by the middle circle of madness he was going to split those fours against the dealer's eight and he did and he lost both hands now just to add to how bizarre this all was the third player at the table was very skilled 
And he and the dealer and I, this whole entire time, were talking about the podcast and about how to play hands. We were talking in detail about a total of 16 against a dealer's 10 and how to play it correctly and why even though you're probably going to lose, you should, but we have all this kind of like an hour-long, really elevated discussion about the ins and outs of playing blackjack well. And the madness had so grabbed the attention that Mrs. and Mr. Great Braids, that they never once asked any of us to help them play. And eventually, Mr. Great Braids lost all his money, and the dealer went on break, and the other good player left, having lost a, a, a decent amount, mostly because of the weird play at the middle circle of madness, and I hit my positive exit condition, and that all kind of happened in you know just a few minutes. And I was grateful that I had escaped the madness of the middle circle. And I had a profit instead of a loss. That was the great part, because I confess, between the conversation and the, uh, the craziness, no, the madness <laughs> that was going on with the players in the middle circle, it would have been easy for me to overstay and, uh, and not have that profit happen. If you're playing the casino chip game, there are 12 in this episode. Frankly, I've been very heavy on one source this week. Get one of the casino chips, and you probably also got many, many, many of them. Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.